Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing hydroponic lettuce grower Little Leaf Farms and the best condiments according to Whole Foods Market Trends Council. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at Xtalks.com. And this week, I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevich. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a really interesting story about a hydroponic lettuce grower called Little Leaf Farms. So Little Leaf Farms recently secured a whopping $300 million in capital investment to help the hydroponic lettuce company further expand its operations. So this investment was led by the Texas-based investment company called the Rise Fund, as well as Bank of America. And Little Leaf Farms intends to use the funds to expand its total acreage with the goal of making its product available to half the U.S. population by 2026. So that is a big goal, and hopefully they can achieve it with this funding. So Little Leaf Farms was founded in 2015, and it uses advanced greenhouse technologies like data analytics and hands-free automated growth systems to produce baby greens that are never treated with chemical, pesticides, herbicides, or fungicides. And the company sells a variety of leafy greens, including baby crisp, sorry, including baby crispy green leaf, baby red and green leaf, and baby spring mix. So in July, the company plans to open a new hydroponic greenhouse on 180 acres in McAdoo, Pennsylvania. Hopefully I'm pronouncing McAdoo correctly. McAdoo? Could be McAdoo. Um, Expanding the brand's retail presence by 50% with products sold in more than 3,500 grocery stores. The company said it plans to open additional greenhouses in Pennsylvania and North Carolina to serve its growing customer base all year round. So to achieve this, Little Leaf Farms has been working with several partners since it first launched in 2015. So the company focuses on the most efficient and advanced growing technologies that allow it to grow the highest quality lettuce at a scale and affordability and to potentially become the best-selling packaged lettuce on the East Coast. So its partners include PB Tech, which is responsible for the water treatment system, the computer system, lighting, and electronics, as well as another partner called Orion, which supplies additional LED lights. So Little Leaf Farms also reuses all flush water thanks to its advanced filtration technologies that treat the water and harvest all rainwater to use it in irrigation. The company's use of advanced technologies has previously caught the eyes of investors. So on February 1st of last year, Little Leaf Farms raised $45 million in a funding round, and just over two weeks later, it brought in another $90 million in a Series A funding round. So the latest Series B funding round of $300 million brings the company's total funding to $435 million, which is an insane amount of capital. So hydroponic growers like Little Leaf Farms are helping to reduce the global lettuce shortage, which if you weren't aware of, there is one. So, And it began in 2020 when California lettuce growers faced hotter than average temperatures and crop diseases that led to a shortage of iceberg and romaine lettuce. And elsewhere, uh, like in Australia, floods and extreme weather conditions 
uh, decimated lettuce crops, which shot up lettuce prices. So Little Leaf Farms, as well as its competitors, including one that I found um, called Advanced Container Technologies, which um, is uses transportable modular hydroponic farms. They're hoping to enhance the security of, uh, you know, food security by providing leafy greens year round, despite weather conditions and supply chain disruptions. So as I was writing this, I was just, you know, pondering how much, um, you know, farming has changed over the last 10, 20 years and how hydroponic um, growing really has the potential to sort of not let things like weather conditions and supply chains affect, um, you know, lettuce and other crops as well. And I just, uh, in terms of food tech, I think that is why they've received such a large investment because I think investment companies can see how much of an important role that hydroponic uh, farmers are playing, um, you know, just in the food industry and in just enhancing food security and also reducing um, foodborne illness risks and other safety risks as well. So yeah, I just wanted to, um, you know, get your thoughts on hydroponic farming and Little Leaf Farms and, and this massive $300 million investment. Yeah, so I actually... Um... You know, hydroponics is, I just find it so interesting, like how it's just essentially a plant can grow in a solution of water and nutrients without any soil. So that's quite interesting to me. Um, yes, you mentioned that there's so many advantages of, you know, hydroponics, but I, I just don't think it's ever going to replace like obviously crops growing on soil and not every type of plant can thrive um, in a hydroponics um, environment, but some do, like lettuce, for example. Yes, that's a plant that can grow really well, um, from what I read online in in hydroponic environments. But yeah, I do think um, this must be pretty expensive to set up. So hence, they needed a lot of funding money, mm -hmm. correct? Because this seems like a very expensive operation. Yeah, yes. As I was mentioning, you know, they, they have to partner with, with various different companies in order to secure all the resources that they need, um, you know, the, the water treatment, the lights, the electricity, the computer system. Um, so it's it's quite uh, intricate, much more so than, than traditional farming, I would say. And that's a great point about, you know, farming is never really going to be taken over. Traditional farming will never be taken over by, you know, hydroponics um, and I, I think I agree with you. And then when you were discussing that, I also thought about, you know, do you think anyone would have an issue eating food that came from, you know, hydroponics uh, or not really? Like this is a this is kind of a different arena than, you know, plant based foods or lab grown meat since it's it's not as controversial. But do you guys think that people would would be skeptical to, to try something that wasn't, you know, traditionally farmed? <laughs> Yeah, what I read online is that people think that the hydroponics plants don't taste the same, or they're mm. not as tasty, but that's a myth. Mm -hmm. um, that's uh. a myth. So that's the only reason <laughs> I can think of. I'm also wondering if the nutrient uh, profile might be a bit different. Um, but I mean, if the hydroponic system is, you know, includes all of the minerals and uh, and things um, in the growing system, then I don't imagine it would be drastically different, but that could be a concern among some people. But uh, it's really cool to see these kinds of technologies um, coming in. 
and yeah, great alternatives to, um, you know, in, in, if we do have droughts and, you know, there are places around the world, um, that are constantly facing, uh, you know, unstable weather conditions and environmental conditions. So it's great that like we have these kinds of technologies, um, that could provide, um, an alternative and a solution. So, and I didn't know that we were facing like a lettuce shortage in, since 2020. So, yeah, those are, those are really great points. And I think with everything, it's just, you, it's just about balance um, and, and about creating solutions that can solve existing problems while also, you know, maintaining traditional, you know, farming as well. It's these two things are definitely going to be working together in the future. And I don't think hydroponics are, you know, tr like you said, Vera, trying to or will ever take over traditional farming, but they hopefully will be able to work together to just ensure, um, you know, food security and that uh, there are, you know, the lettuce shortage will end. Um, and aside from lettuce, you know, other things that can grow in hydroponic environments as well. And Vera, I didn't actually know that, you know, not all plants or, or um, you know, crops were suited for hydroponic environments. So that's good to know as well. And it's a good limitation to point out as well. It's not a perfect solution. Um, and we still very much need the earth and water and the sun, um, you know, to, to grow a lot of things. So that's, that's a great point. All right, so switching gears a little bit. Um, a few weeks ago, we saw the Whole Foods Market Trends Council reveal its list of best condiments that will be appearing on more barbecue and picnic plates this summer. So we've just entered July and I can't think of a better time to talk about condiments for the summer. So with um, the condiment marinade and dressing category expected to hit 2.9 billion by 2024, the council noted that the consumer desire to experiment will support the sales will support the sales growth. The report noted that the necessity of cooking at home during the COVID-19 pandemic reinvigorated shelf-stable condiments, dressings, and marinades. So the category also got an above-average sales lift during the first COVID-19 surge in the spring of 2020, growing 34% in March and April of 2020 alone. So from January to April 2020, the category grew 19.9% compared to the previous year. So it's a pretty big uh, sales surge. So um, the senior team leader of R&D for exclusive brands at Hold Foods Market, she said in a press release, going forward, we expect to see the continued innovation in condiments for special diets like vegan, keto-friendly, low-sugar, and low-sodium options, as well as globally-inspired condiments with distinct cultural stories. So without further ado, here are the best condiments for the summer, according to the Whole Foods Market Trends Council. So the first one, quite a classic, it's barbecue sauce. So global barbecue flavors will play a role in the condiments category growth with flavors inspired um, from worldwide cuisines like Japanese and Israeli. Products identified by the retailer include Batchins or Bakins, original barbecue sauce, a shawarma marinade, barbeer seasoning, Korean bulgogi barbecue sauce, and a Japanese yuzo miso glaze. And number two on the list, another classic in my opinion, would be hot chili sauce. So consumers are diversifying their chili flavors with new condiments using ancho, cayenne, puya, and other hot pepper varieties. And some products, um, popular products featuring different types of chilies include Mamafuku Chili Crunch, 
tahine classico seasoning, Sir Kensington's chili lime crema, everything sauce. Um, uh, that is what the retailer noted. And I'll just mention that all of these um, products that I'm mentioning are, of course, things that are sold at Whole Foods. And then the third, a very classic ketchup and mustard. So the council identified new takes on ketchup and mustard on its best condiment list, noting that the iconic red and yellow duo has come a long way since drive throughs and squeeze packets. So we can expect to see uh, products representing this trend like My and Mike's Hot Honey Special Edition, Honey Hot Dijon Mustard, Brooklyn Deli Curry Ketchup, and Acid Leak California Ketchup. Me personally, I like a classic ketchup, but I would not be opposed to trying sort of a hot honey, um, you know, Dijon mustard or sort of a spicy ketchup because those sound really, really good. Fourth on the list, we have fermented condiments. So fermented foods in condiment form such as kimchi and miso also earned a spot on the Whole Foods best condiment list with tangy ingredients adding flair to honeys, hot sauces, and vinaigrettes. So some products that contributed to the trend include Cleveland Kitchen Miso Jalapeno, Fermented Dressing and Marinade, California Olive Ranch Carrot Miso Vinaigrette, and Firefly Kitchen's Firefly Kimchi Hot Sauce. And rounding off the list at number five, we have Ranch. So the council noted that ranch-flavored dressings and sauces are getting a makeover with the addition of flavors such as buffalo and habanero. Ranch-flavored products are also entering the vegan category after being formulated using oat milk and other plant-based ingredients. So some items in the wrapped-up ranch category include Primal Kitchen Vegan Ranch, Tessame's Organic Habanero Ranch, and Millet Plant-Based Classic Ranch Dressing. So this was a really fun uh, story to cover um, and very specific as well, um, as I've never really written specifically about condiments before. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on, you know, have you guys been more experimental with uh, condiments, um, tried anything new, straying away from the classic condiments? And do you think that, um, you know, that report was true and that people are getting more experimental with with condiments either, you know, whether it be making their own at home or just trying new products and, and straying away from from the classics. No, man, I'm like boring as hell. I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't even know like all of these uh, variations existed of these uh, classic condiments. I'm just, uh, I am craving a nice burger with just some ketchup <laughs> and mustard now though. But yeah, just keeping it classic. But you know, a lot of those different flavors and um, seem so enticing i'm like now wanting to you know look up and like try some of these so it's really cool actually like they came up with this uh, condiments list and i think um yeah like it's it like i mean it's piqued my interest right so i think you know a lot of people are gonna probably sit up and take notice oh okay there are these other flavors available let's go try them out i think it's a great marketing move um for sure on part of uh, whole foods so uh that's really cool. And I and I feel a lot of people um, during the pandemic or even maybe before, um, I hear a lot of people now, you know, attempting to make their own, like their own mayo or, you know, homemade mayo and other things like that at home just because, yeah, because of the, you know, uh, processed nature of a lot of condiments and the high sugar and high salt content. So that's also a thing. I'm not sure. Well, it's Whole Foods, so I'm pretty sure that, you know, all of these um 
condiments that they have uh, are cognizant of uh, sugar and salt. I think you mentioned that in, in the beginning sort of as well. But uh, yeah, I think it's it's a great list and definitely will pique some interest. Yeah, that's such a good point. Condiments are such a you really don't take them into consideration when yeah. when you're when you're eating because um, you think oh it's such a minor you know little squirt of ketchup or something but mm-hmm. you know it's got sugar and it's got it's got calories and yep. things like that so I think that report is definitely true in that a lot of companies are trying to cater to um, people you know who are who are following diets or eating plant-based diets um, just to make condiments a little more accessible and less of like an indulgence I suppose. Um, but yeah, barbecue right. sauce loaded with sugar. That's why it's oh, so delicious. Yeah. That's, you know, <laughs> of course. I don't have to tell you that though. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, this story reminded me, I think like around a few months ago, as a gift, I bought this um, package and it's like a pack of 15 world traveler hot sauce. And they have like different types of hot sauces from all over the world, like India, Peru, um, else was there japan costa rica i don't know i thought it was so cool so i bought it as a gift for someone that i know loves hot sauce and this story reminded me of that and i I do think it's condiments are like so important for people who really love them right maybe um we don't eat them every day but some people do and it's it's really makes the food um more enjoyable for them so I I bought this as a gift and I think it would be a really good like marketing idea for a company to you know like release a pack of five let's say um like most popular condiments for the summer right I think I think that would that would probably sell really well just because people do want to try new flavors Um, Mm Yeah, people love hot sauces yeah. and experimenting with them. And, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, it's become a thing. It really yeah, has. For sure. It really has. Right? And yeah. um, I think partly... People's... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say people's spice tolerances seem to have, seem to be going up. Or they just don't, you know, they don't want to say anything that they're hurting inside. Um, you know, when they're eating, when they're eating, me personally, I can't take many Scoville units um, without shedding a tear or, you know, my nose starting yeah, to run. But I'm not yeah, I think it's too into that either. It's yeah. it's almost a, like a challenge in a way or, you know, I, I can enjoy hot sauces as long as they're not um, deadly. Uh, spicy but um yeah vera people do really appreciate um condiments and and they are such an internationally enjoyed Mm -hmm. you know food that i feel like is so kind of underrepresented and we we just don't pay any mind to it so um i do appreciate that you know whole foods came out with this list and and it's not just the classics either um there's so many different takes on um condiments um around the world and i do like that they're showcasing different um international flavors um and and uh you know diets as well so yeah i love that too how like it's uh really showcasing international flavors and bringing uh sort of it into the uh to the fold um with their condiments and yeah like almost every cuisine like you have specific condiments sauces dips um and so I think yeah it's very something that's very sort of overlooked Mm. but we just but it's yeah I know I have a friend who like on her shawarma she'll have like five or six sauces going on (laughs) and it's like yeah so people love their condiments and sauces. 
All right, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you like today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com, or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.